0: Evening and welcome to uh, the Jazznet podcast. This is the cup-winning last sixteen qualifying for three hundred and sixth podcast and my name is John McCallum uh, and you'll be uh, listening to us and watching us smile for the rest of the evening. Uh, this is normally going on for an hour but I suspect we'll be talking here for three or four hours tonight so strap yourselves in. Jazznet uh, is the independent radio podcast made by fans for fans where the content is always free. Now it's not just a podcast we have here at Jazznet there is a forum, there's articles, social media, there's a history archive on the website as well and we'd urge you to have a look at all of those things as you can. Likewise, uh, with the pod, uh, if you could subscribe on your favourite podcast forum, that would be fantastic. Likewise, if you like what you hear, please share with it on social media. Now, tonight's show, uh, we'll be discussing uh, today's match, obviously. Um, we'll spend some time talking about James Tavernier, just what he means to the club. Uh, we'll discuss what Clement is doing to get a tune out of some of the players who looked finished just a few months ago. We'll talk about Dujon Sterling, um, John Lundström, Leon Balligan, Um, we'll look back to a legendary evening in Seville and if time allows us, we'll even look forward to the St. John's Game on Wednesday night. Now, before we do any of that, uh, I just have to mention uh, Forest Precision Engineering, who are our sponsors and without whose support, we could not do the show. Uh, Forest Precision Engineering are a subcontract Glasgow-based engineering company and they've been a big commercial supporter of Rangers for many, many years. We're delighted to have them backing the pod. You can visit the Forest Precision Engineering Executive Lounge, uh, which is a hospitality area in the main stand. And if it's something of interest to you, and it should be at this time of year, if you still try to find that perfect present for that difficult ranger supporter in your life, this could be the thing for you. It's an intimate space. And if you can contact the club directly via email at hospitality at rangers.co.uk, they'll give you all the information about the Forest Precision Executive Lounge. Okay, um, there's, a, there's a park near where I live, and I go there every morning with the dog, and around September time, if the weather is right, right, so there's a slight hill in this park, and, and you can climb up this hill with the dog, and then you overlook this big, big area of flower beds, and all around the flower beds are benches and all of these benches now are memorial benches and they've all got a brass or a, a a stainless steel plaque on them right it's maybe 30 or 40 of them okay and it's actually quite a nice site when you, you kind of come up the hill and you and you outlook this and as I said the flower beds there, usually quite pretty Glasgow's one of Glasgow's better parks it has to be said now at a certain time of year around September time and at a certain time in the morning and if the weather is right the sun is just rising and it hits each of those benches. And each of those benches sparkles, they, they, they just, just sparkles. Now, I've, I've lived here 20 years. I've lived in this part of Glasgow about 20 years. I've been going to that park uh, every day with the dog, with the dogs over the years. And I've maybe seen that twice or three times, right? It's just, it's just one of these wonderful sites where everything comes together. You get the timing right, you get the weather right, you get the time of day right. Everything comes together. And I have to say, today feels like one of those days. It's been an incredible four or five days for Rangers. And, and it's one of these things I don't think we appreciate enough. I think it's sometimes we just kind of take these things for granted. And really, we should stop and say, you know what? This has been a wonderful last week. For what has been an up and down season, the last few days have been exceptional. So, in tonight's show, um, I'm joined by people who, who don't need much of an introduction. But this seeing as it's the last show, last year's net show, uh, or before the festive season, um, I'm joined by by the ghost of Christmas past uh, in Stuart Weir, uh, the ghost of Christmas future in Grant Mackay. Uh, and I think that probably makes me Ebenezer Scrooge, um, which is, is probably a role I'm quite good at playing as it is. Um, I doubt there will be too many Tiny Tims watching tonight, Um, I don't think they will be tuning in quite as much. Uh, So um, I'm not going to even bother asking you two just how you are, I'm going to assume things are pretty good Um, and let's just get straight into talking about about today's game. So Stuart I'm going to start with you. Um, You know it's difficult you don't come down from a cup final victory quite as quickly as as two, three hours later as we are just now. trying to go, try to see past the high you get from that. It, it wasn't a classic, you know. It's not going to go down as a classic football match. Um, but I thought over the piece, Rangers deserved the victory. Uh, I thought, you know, I thought we were the better team on the day Aberdeen competed, but I thought we were the better team on the day. Do you agree with that? Do you, do you feel that was a, a, a we didn't steal a victory today? Did you that
1: that that was Rangers and
0: deservedly so?
1: I think um, thank you for the introduction, but I think I actually come down here quicker. Uh, or or, basically come back to a, a, a working level quicker than most. Um, I think I'm fitted with ballast tanks that bring me plummeting back down to a, a survivable level. I don't suffer from the bends very often, but I do. And I think it has to do with actually watching big matches and then having to do match reports directly afterwards. Um, but um, I would entirely agree with you that the match was over the over the piece thing, given I watched it almost like one and a half times um I thought that it was rather poor in terms of quality um the worry worrying part um, for me was that if rangers had again this 60 something percent of possession and it was still nil nil going into the last 15 minutes was this going to be a smashing grab act from Aberdeen, then you realise that Aberdeen hadn't actually had a shot in the entire game. Anything anything that didn't go anywhere near the Rangers goal was, um, I think the crowd reacted more to it than Jack Butlin did or any defender did. So I think all in all, it was a a very satisfactory result Um, as Winston Churchill, one said you only need one for a majority. And that was one that Rangers got. And all in all, I think it was more than deserved. I think Rangers can celebrate. I think, um, you know, the turnaround transformation in the team was there for all to see over the last couple of weeks. And I think this was almost like the kind of icing and cherry, uh, on the cake and maybe a, a few sprinkles and sparkles and the likes, that uh, Philippe Clement, in his own way has got that team playing for him and playing for the badge. Yeah, it really has. Um,
0: Grant, I don't know if you have to write match reports afterwards. I I don't. Um, I just have to try and come up with uh, agendas for for, for podcasts every now and then and and even that I don't get to do terribly well or terribly quickly. So I'm still high and I'm hoping you still are as well, Um, but I want to just have a chat about our goal scorer today, um, our our captain James Tavernier. Once again, uh, in a very important match, um, and I thought Aberdeen had actually done quite a good job um, on him in terms of of keeping him, defending, keeping him in his own half, really. Particularly the first half, they really limited the number of times he, he was able to get forward. Um, there was—I don't know if you would have—if if you saw there was an interview after the match with Conor Goldson. and Conor Goldson said that the Rangers support will, will only truly appreciate James Tavernier after he's left, after he's gone, and we try and replace him. Uh, today was was a, was a captain's performance, I think you have to say, and, and another amazing goal. Um, what did you think of his performance? Did you think of the goal? And, and I guess overall, you know, Tavernier's had a funny season. Um, it, it, on this very podcast earlier this season, we were talking openly that, that, you know, he wasn't the player he was two, three seasons ago. He wasn't getting forward as much, didn't have the same energy levels. Um, and yet today, he silences all of his critics, us included, or certainly me included. Um, uh, and scored what what turned out to be uh, the winning goal today and may actually be one of uh, the most important goals of the season for us. What did you make of Tav today?
2: Yeah, um, listen, Tavernier's Tavernier. He does what he does. Um, It has been, um, as you said, it hasn't been going forward as much recently, but I think that's been better defensively. He got called out a lot in his, his Rangers career for being defensively inept sometimes getting caught out on that side so he's actually he's defending better now um, and he's still contributing going forward with goals and assists again today I mean he's it's, it's unbelievable he turns up at the big times when you need him I mean you, just, you can't ask any more of that I mean Golson says what he says after the game he won't be the only one thinking that there's, there's so many players I've said that ex-players and ex-managers um, yeah Clement talks about him as well he said he said Clement actually said um during the week he needs guys with balls Tavernier has got balls he's been slaughtered from Rangers fans media for years defensively um and you know what he just it it just keeps churning out numbers he does it time and time again and again he's um he's put the cup the 28th league cup for Rangers in the trophy cabinet you can't ask anymore this guy like you really can not you see them driving <clears throat> the players on today he was switching with Sterling as well, that he was coming inside, Sterling was moving outside covering for each other. It was just a, a captain's performance, as you said. Listen, I can't speak highly enough of him. I really can't. Yeah. What a week it's been for Rangers, eh? <laughs> it,
0: certainly it certainly has. If Carlsberg did weeks, this was yeah, this was the one. Um Stuart, another player who's been revitalized recently um under Clement is John Lundstrom. Again. Lundstrom was a player who who was getting, and I think fairly criticised um, last season, um, and again earlier this season. Um, but against Bétis, he was superb, um, and he was excellent again today. I thought. Um, uh, touch on his, if you will, touch on on his performance today. What you thought of his performance today? But also the fact that he's out of contract at the end of the season. Um, you know, surely if he keeps playing the way he's playing, he will be offered an extension. Um, or do you think no? It's time to move on. He's we're just he's just getting the game because he's the only fit central midfielder left at the club. Um, or do you think he has a, a, a? You know, well, he's not got a long term future judging his age. But do you think
1: he has a future beyond this season, Mourinho? I think he. Um, well, first and foremost, it's down to the player. You know the, the player could probably ask for a new contract right at this minute in time, and then therefore Rangers would know what they're actually going to do and he would know if he really wanted to stay. Who's to say it hasn't been discussed? I think a bit like Tavenier uh although in slightly dis- different circumstances, I think Clement has been very good for both of those players. I think I, th- I think Lundstrom. Was utterly lost by the mixed messages he was getting from Michael Beale. I think it's very difficult to cover every blade of grass in the midfield when you're when you've been told not to move um, and hold a defensive position. It's very difficult when you've been asked what you you know what you doing in that particular or asked to play down the right and then be expected to cover across on the left side. As well, you know, I think people don't actually realise the discipline of midfielders. Well, he's everywhere. These guys are not everywhere. It would be utter confusion if they were everywhere. And once or twice we saw that under Michael Beale. So I think Lundstrom has actually been, uh, and this is a, this is part of a a, a, maybe a bigger picture. I think Clement has come in and inherited a squad of players that are not his. He has then almost picked up a a page from the Bill Belichick coaching manual that says do your job and there are players doing their job to the best and maybe not only the best but maybe beyond their ability at times and I think Lundstrom comes into that category in the last two games one that he had the appetite for the game against uh, Bettis and secondly he basically must have been patched up after that game and wound up and another couple of batteries going in to actually get himself to perform the way he did today. So I think, you know, Tavernier has been helped out by Clement as well. I think that's why you saw Sterling getting up his particular role um, because he can cover for Tavernier if he did manage to go forward. I think Aberdeen were awake to the deficiencies between McCausland and, and Tavernier as they were exposed on Thursday night um you saw the goals that they scored and aberdeen pressed up on that side even though they were leaving themselves short they still pressed up on tavernier um to make it difficult for them so i thought rangers negotiated that part of it quite well and and again in the midfield i actually thought that that Lundström bossed boss the midfield he wasn't ta- he wasn't taking any any snatch and um, particularly from graham Shinnie. Um, and and made it known to all those around him what kind of game they faced with one or two of the tackles that he put in. Um, he got away with it, you know, up until late on when there was a bit of a, as Athlon Montford would say, a bit of a stromash. And um, he did well, to ride his luck at times, but I think he, he was so influential in that midfield. Um I think that's a kind of performances that would actually earn him another contract, you know, in the space of the next week or next two weeks if Rangers are really desperate to keep him. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I thought he was excellent today. Um, he was
0: partnered in midfield grant by Dujon Sterling. Now we've not seen much of, of Sterling since he joined in the summer. Um now I, I, as I understood he joined as a defender. Um, but obviously his most recent outings have been in midfield, and they've been really eye-catching. Um, his second half performance in best was, you know, it was arguably certainly the second half. He was he was arguably our best player in the second half, um, and he got the official man of the match today. Um, what did you make of his performance today? Did you agree with the man of the match? Um, there, there was probably three or four players that it could have gone to. Um, what was your take on it? Um, for the man of
2: the match, I would have given it to Tavernier just for the, the winning goal. But um, no, you're right, he, he played excellent, he played an excellent game, he was brought in um, to cover Tavernier, let's be honest. Tavernier never gets injured, he keeps producing numbers, so he's not going to get in there. I mean, we've not, you're right, I've not seen much of him at all, but he's came in, he's played centre midfield during the week against a right good British side, and he was, again, as you said, he was a standout. He's got pace, he's got power, he can tackle, he can track back, he can drive forward. He's an absolute powerhouse, absolute powerhouse, and he's, he's come in, what, for a game and a half and he's taken his chance, and I tell you what, it's going to be hard to shift out there because he's been he's been putting in performances. Um, uh, yeah, just uh, It's funny how the, these players just, they come out of nowhere, they come out of nowhere and you, you stick them in somewhere and they, they, they do a job, and that's what we've been needing the last few weeks because we're down to the bare bones, especially in that middle of the park. Um, Sifuente has been... Being suspended and Raskin and Ryan Jack, if he ever comes back from injury um, out as well, so yeah, he's, ta- he's definitely taking his chance. And
1: do you know he- he's got the jersey for me just now? He's got the jersey.
0: Yeah, he does the jersey. I think. I would, uh,
1: sorry, I would, so John, I, I would agree with Grant and everything he said there about him. Well, I tell you what, he's got more than anything, and that is the trust of his manager. He, he is. He's one of these guys that obviously. Clement has identified as this guy is going to give me an 8 out of 10. Whatever I stack him in or whatever I do with him, he is going to play to the instructions I give to him. So if Tavernier bombs forward, this guy isn't going to be on his shoulder saying, power right through that entire squad, who he can trust and who he knows that when he, he calls upon them, as he did on Thursday night for... 90 minutes and uh, a big big 90 minutes are they going to be guys that are suddenly going to shrink and say oh i don't know if i'm up to another 90 minutes or another 20 minutes in a cup final a few days later or are they suddenly going to dust themselves down have a couple of ice baths a couple of gin and tonics and go again not sure how
0: many gin and tonics sterling had but um you know it's a thing that's been overlooked about that rangers team today is that you know, our midfield Lundström uh, is arguably a first choice centre midfielder for us when, when everybody's fit. But but Stirling is isn't even a midfielder. He's not even a first choice defender f- for Rangers. Um, and he came into the midfield, and as you said, he, he's it, that's now his position to lose um, the, the game and a half and two important games. Um, the game and a half that he's had there, he looks like he's born for that role. His energy, the strength, which you touched upon there. But not just that. His awareness of what's going on around him. Mm. Um, you know, for, for a, a player who you assume is um, naturally defensive, uh, you have to assume that, you know, looking at what he's done. And he's not a guy who's played a lot of first-team football for anybody. Uh, and yeah. I just think we're, we're perhaps overlooking the fact that, that you know, him's a rookie coming into a cup final um, and putting in a performance like that? A man of the match performance. Uh, and it, it says something here yeah, about the player himself, be about his colleagues around him, but, but as... As George says, it says something about Clement and the, and the trust that, that Clement has in him um, to come in and do that. He didn't have too many options. You know, there wasn't much like, no. was, <laughs> on the bench that he could have played instead of him. Um, but at the same time, um, I know necessity is the mother of all invention, um, and, uh, and you know he has turned him into something. And um, there is an element of, you can't help but look at him. And see these two performances, and see his, his adaptability, and, and remind you a little bit of of Bassi. Um, you know, when again a player who'd come up from England hadn't quite made it, a Premier League team came up. You know, sat in the reserves for a, a while, didn't really see a huge amount of them, um, and then suddenly got his chance, um, and he took it. Um, and you just wonder: is, is this is, is history going to repeat itself here? And it would be pretty good if it
1: did. Yeah some of us old enough to remember a, a, another rangers player he wasn't at rangers at the time but if if you can recall anybody out there when graham roberts first of all came into the sports side he was almost like a makeshift. he played central defense right back midfield wherever he could get a game because he was reliable and 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 really carved out a niche for himself in the sports side and in the England team, hence the reason why he ended up at Ibrox when Souness was there. And, OK, they, they, they might be different in terms of stature. There, there's something that reminds me of him, that he's basically one of these guys that will that will play to instruction. He, he, he's clever enough to see what's going on around about him as well. I think he's a far better player than maybe his CV that came with him actually states i think he's maybe a better player and we're seeing that, that he's a better player now because he is getting a chance at a higher level yeah well i
0: agree with you both i think he'll be getting another chance on wednesday assuming he's fit um sure sticking by yourself um an old timer who played well today was balligan yeah lean uh, seems to be clement's preferred partner for goldson um and and i suspect and i must wonder why he isn't in why he wasn't put into that european squad um yeah. but i'd be surprised if he's not in it after after christmas um look the defense overall when we touched upon this with pania the defense overall is, is more solid it's looked more solid in recent weeks we don't look like we're, we're not shipping goals in, in any numbers and, and we don't look like we're going to ship no goals in any numbers um how big a part of that is is Balligan playing um how
1: just important is he to this team just now a sizeable part, I would say, John. Um, you're right about the back four. The back four is playing as a very decent unit just now. I think that's because players have come back onto a game. Golson is has played pretty well, but I think he's playing quite well because he's got somebody beside him who he actually trusts. Who on earth, you know, given given from Walter Smith was brought back as Rangers manager and doing a rebuild that his two centre-backs I think one was 36 and one was 37 you know when you had Eddie Og and Davey Weir playing together for somebody to be suggestion is that he's maybe too old for Rangers going forward utter rubbish You've for Rangers to go forward and progress you've got to have players that are actually playing at a certain level and I think Balaghan, the fact that he was allowed to leave Rangers at you know under the circumstances is beyond most people he is a guy that gives a hundred and odd percent you know um and 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 you could say that about the guy playing out to his, his left as well I mean what a couple of shifts he's put in at a time as well remember that it was almost it was almost thought of that he wasn't actually going to be part of the plans he was going he's going to leave rangers at any time uh and, and he's, he's he's now become one of the mainstays of the performances that rangers have actually um produced above all else i think there's an element of trust a huge trust on who that rangers backline have playing behind them in terms of jack butland there were two instances today it wasn't the world-class saves it wasn't um and just just I might disagree in terms of the man of the match. I thought the Aberdeen keeper was the man of the match up to that point with the saves that he had to keep Rangers out. He had about three or four really good saves. Yeah, he's he's played against he's played well against us all season. It, it has, he has it, it has done. But I I think with buttons at the back there, there was one uh the ball came right into the, the the right into the six-yard box. Now We've seen over a period of time Rangers goalkeepers flapping and panicking and not making up their mind what they're actually going to do with it. Butland came out, put a big fist on the ball, would I probably have put a fist through the the Aberdeen keeper who was up at the the park at that time as well. And then there was another incident just after that where the ball get played through. The Rangers backline was was somewhat kind of decimated, and they were struggling. They were they were struggling to run at that point in time. Who was there? Butland. And Butland came out, cleared the ball and he would have cleared the goal as well and anybody else in front of him to get his boot in that ball and get it away. That is the level of awareness and the professionalism that they four guys have got playing behind them. And I think ultimately what's happening is that's rubbing off on them. They know that Whereas if they give somebody half a yard, or or somebody gets past them, there's every chance it's going to end up a goal. They're now thinking to themselves, Butland's behind us; he can get a touch on it, or he can he can save the jerseys here. And I think that not just a back four, but that entire back five are playing so well just now. Butlin must give the
0: defenders in front of him confidence. And you know he's he's such an accomplished goalkeeper, and as you say, the, the fact he'll come for crosses, uh, I know exactly the incident you're talking about where, where, he, where he came out just just past the edge of his box and, and yeah, cleared it. Because the thing at Aberdeen was they, they are quite quick. The forwards are quite quick, um, mm-hmm. and Balligan's fast actually, despite his age. You know I think Balligan's probably our, our fastest centre half, and he, and a couple of times today he had to. He had to show that. Pardon me. He had to show that, and um, I, can't, I like Big Balagian. You know, I, I, um, I was I was a bit disappointed when he left, but I understood we had to, you know, we had to rebuild. He isn't. He isn't. He's at the, coming towards the end of his season, um, to the end of his career, and uh, and I was a little surprised when we brought him back. But he's in. He's
1: gone just now. He's in uh, the right position. What, what you at that point in time it's what you were doing the rebuild what we doing with concrete blocks or mud bricks. And the guy that the Rangers had was doing it with mud bricks baked in the sun that could melt at any time as we yeah. saw time and time again. And we may see again,
0: unfortunately. But anyway, let's let's stick with the positives just now. Talking of Butland, um, again, Grant, I don't know if you'd have caught it, but there was an interview with Butland after the match um, and he was asked, slightly unfairly, but he was asked uh, about Clement and and what he'd brought to the side and what, what was different. Um, and he was... He was um he was quite diplomatic. He said it's about mentality. What, what what Clement has changed is our mentality. Um he said it's as simple as that. Do you think that is all Clement's changed? Was Buckland just being diplomatic? Was he simply playing, you know, I'm not gonna slate the previous manager, the guy who signed me, I'm not gonna do that in national television. Um, do you think it is as simple as that? Or do you think Clement has, has done more and is doing more?
2: John, I think it's pretty clear that he, he, he has done um, more. He's instilled confidence in these guys. These guys look short, totally short of confidence before under Michael Beale, and they just looked in the last, the last legs. You um, can see from Clement when he speaks in the media, he's no nonsense. There's no joking. There's no. He, he said today, day off, no chance. Like he's, there's no mucking about. Michael Beale was. <laughs> Not like that at all, it was can I be your pal? Clement doesn't want to be your pal, he wants to win games, and he said that. And I, I love the way he is, so I think Butland and not just Butland, a few of the players have said the same thing. Um, Scotty Arfield was actually interesting as well when he said at half time that he's still in, in touch with some of the players, and they've said he's no nonsense, great to work under. Lindstrom said that a few times in the media as well, so it's no coincidence. Like this guy's is still, is still confidence. He's not lost a game yet. We went over to Spain and won for the first time in Spanish soil against Spanish opposition. I mean, this is not a coincidence. This is this, this is a proper manager we've got now. Proper manager for the first time in a long time. And he's getting the best out of what we've got. For me, we're now, what, five points behind Celtic, two two games in hand, into the last 16 um, won one a cup. Who'd have said that three months ago? There's more to it than that. He's he's got something about him, and I just love it. I'm absolutely loving it. I'm absolutely buzzing today. This is just an icing the cake today. It really is. My great great week.
1: I, I was. I'm not, I'm, I'm not sorry. Sorry, I, I'm not sure what it is, right? I, I, but there is there is an element of, um, Clement, which reminds me of Dick Advocat and I and I've, I've I've been thinking hard about it and trying to put my finger on it but there is something about his manner and how he goes about the, the business. I think it's almost like I am the manager and you will listen to me. Whereas one or two managers in the not sort of too distant past have almost been trying to be the pals with the guys, this is how we we bond this is how we form a team spirit, I'm one of you guys you you can come and speak to me and all the rest of it, whereas I think with him he's the kind of guy that would basically ball you out and still be your pal you know, Walter Smith was was incredible at being able to do that never really, you know, could lose it with people, but that was it done and dusted, and and, and you moved on from that, and I think Clement is 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 a a bit of the dick advocates about him that he's kind of cold. I don't mean cold in a unapproachable way. Yeah. I mean clinical in as much as this is what I'm. This is how I see the thing progressing, and this is how you're all going to do it. And if and, and it will be interesting to see come January or into next summer, those that have told the line and do it his way, and those that haven't been doing it his way, and therefore won't be there. Yeah. Sure. yeah absolutely. Interesting
2: interesting well before, um just to add to that, Clement whipped Todd Cantwell off after thirty-two minutes a few weeks yeah. ago. Yeah. That wouldn't happen before. That would not yeah. have happened. he doesn't like what you seen, he whips you off, and I love that. It's no nonsense.
1: It's just get it's for the team, it's not for individuals, and I love it. absolutely yeah. I, love it. I think the last time that I saw somebody doing that was Advocate when they did it with George Alberts. Right. He did it with George Alberts and and. Mm-mm basically and it was like is albert's injured no he just decided that <laughs> Don't he, do not doing what i asked him to do yep. correct. He, yeah correct he's he's not he's not doing it and he's not doing it the fashion i want you know at that time okay advocate had a much bigger squad with with far far better players but the fact was that he could dictate what he was going to do down that left-hand side if you know george alberts wasn't playing his part and he did it and 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 you know Grant's mm. absolutely spot on with that observation there. That is something that's been badly lacking with Rangers managers mm. showing their authority that they're actually thinking about the game rather than trying to get to the half time or get to their mark before they make the changes. Yeah, was too late then. Yeah, no, it was, and it, and it, and it, it
0: was a change that, that, that brought the goal in that game. And, and I think I also thought what was interesting was. You know, he, he, he explained after the game that it, it was absolutely tactical that that um, Cantwell wasn't doing what he was asked to do. He then explained when someone had said, Well, you know, he was playing wide right, it's not really his position. Um, you know, you're wide left, wide right, wide right, he was playing. Um, it's not really his position. He said, No, no, he played wide right in, in um, the game at Spartan. He played it very well. No, no, he knows how he played that. He just wasn't doing what he was told. And then he was in the team. The next game, playing in a, in, a, in a central role and excelling, if you recall. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's interesting is that you know clearly Cantwell is a talented player. You know Cantwell is a guy who has a creative spark. He's a he's a guy the fans like. He's a kind of football player that, that that the fans like to watch. Clement must know that must <laughs> know that he's a guy who can win you get football matches. Um, so I thought his management of him has been very very interesting. Um, you know, it, as you say, he pulled him off that time. He you know. That's a for an unprofessional football player. Um, what, John,
2: that, that's, John, that's the point, right? That's the point. The fans love him, and he still did it. He didn't care. No, no. He no. wants to do. He wants to the team to win. He wants to the the, the the. He wants for the team. He doesn't care about anybody. Thanks, and I love that. I love it. Yeah. We've not had that a long, long time. As Stuart said.
1: No. Without being pilloried for making this comparison, because there isn't really a comparison to make, but maybe, maybe, maybe bear with me. If you look at Pep Guardiola and what he's done with Jack Grealish. Jack Grealish cost 100 million quid and in effect Guardiola said you're a fantastic player I know you can do these things but if you're playing in my team you need to do this and I think there's a there's a, 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 a comparison between Grealish and Pep Guardiola and Manchester City and I mean the comparison is that Cantwell is a fantastically talented player and obviously clement sees something in him but only he sees what he wants to see if he see what i mean he he knows that he's capable of doing playing certain positions and doing certain things but to to earn a place in the starting of a living he has got to do these things first and foremost and if he doesn't do it he'll be you know he simply he will not be there
0: yeah yeah um I would agree entirely with both of you. I was, out, I was actually out last night and we were at a friend's house and there was a guy there, I didn't know the guy before, but he'd played junior for 20 years and um, we were just talking away about football and, and he said, um, just unrelated to this, he'd said, no, he said, in my experience of playing junior, you know, 80% of the game is in your head, 80% of the game is psychological, 20% is, you know, said, you know the guys at that level could all, they've all got ability, they can all play football the good managers are the ones inside their head and give them belief and give them drive and, and he was actually talking about a guy with a Celtic fan he was talking about the difference in Celtic this season compared to the last two seasons and their style of football and I haven't actually I've seen Celtic play once this season and that was against us um, and, and other than that I haven't seen it but you obviously know that things aren't going too well um, in the East um, and uh, a big part of that, he felt, was was the psychology of the players that the that, that, that Rogers wasn't in their head in the same way uh, Posticoglu had been, and clearly Clement is doing something different because basically we're still setting up it's the same players, and we're still setting up in a similar formation. Albeit, I think it's a you know it has more solidity to it, but it's a similar formation. It's similar players doing very very different things. Um, and a big part of that has got to be mentality. And I always think it's interesting when he's talking about the injury situation and, and, and the, the health and fitness of the players. And I also wonder how much of that is psychology. Um, and I, I remember this being explained to me a while ago. I've spoken to this in the pod before, and, and um, I make no apology for saying it again. But, but people talk about, um, and you might not, you might, you'll have heard of this, Grant. You won't remember it, certainly, but you would have heard of this. There was a. Jock Wallace. Uh, his first time as Rangers manager um, took over at a time when Celtic were you know one of the best teams in, in, in Europe. There's no point in, in pretending otherwise. Um they were going through their nine in a row. Um you know, Rangers had, had just come through a stadium disaster, a lot of the money that was that could have been getting spent and the team was was being earmarked and put into the stadium. Um there were there were challenges for Rangers and, and and he managed to build a team. Um, and we had a very good team we think some We very very good players we managed to build a team that eventually won the league and, and, and actually won the treble um, and he explained that part of the problem we had with the Rangers team was they didn't believe they could win that, you know Celtic had a kind of Indian sign over them and they just didn't actually fully believe it and so he took them to um, Gull- Gullan Sands and I think a place called Murder Hill and he made them run up and down it and they were sick and, and, and he basically convinced them that they were now fitter than every other team in the league. There's no players in that league who are now fitter than you. And it was purely psychological. You are no fitter running up and down a sand dune than you are running up and doing anything. But they believed it. And that was the difference. He suddenly gave them this belief. And, you know, I don't know, Clement clearly has his own version of Murder Hill somewhere because it it is definitely making a difference. Sure, I'm going to stay with yourself here. As our first League Cup trophy in 11 years. I'm, I'm looking broadly across the League Cup. It's a trophy that the Rangers have traditionally done well in. Um, you know, it, it's a trophy that at one time kind of considered our trophy. <laughs> we were winning it so often. Um, where does this victory sit in the history of Rangers uh, and this trophy? Where do you think, um, when we come to look back on this in a few
1: years' time, uh, uh, where do you think this victory is going to sit? I was trying to draw parallels with, um, you know, the, re- the reason that you're asked when you go to study at university what qualification you have in history is because you've got to know where we came from to understand what's happening now or might happen in the future and i think there are kind of parallels that can be drawn with rangers if you go back to winning the league cup when Derek johnson scored the winner back in october 1970 it would be and that and Rangers hadn't won anything for about five years up until that, that point. and it was it was almost like well, it is only the League Cup, but it was a League Cup you could jump up and down on and jump off and do a triple back somersault with reverse pike, because it it was a springboard for Rangers, and and within you know a year and a bit they'd won a European trophy, and after that they won a Scottish Cup, then they won the league, then they went on to a, 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 a treble. So there is a starting point for for everything. Dead easy to see the starting point 100 metres. The gun goes bang and you run. And in football, it's it's not so simple to see where the starting point in these things is. But I honestly think that that is a welcome trophy. It, does, it, it doesn't have the same... Uh cachet doesn't have the same kudos as it once did that trophy used to get you into europe it used to get a place in the old uefa cup at one point in time scottish football doesn't do anything like that for you now but the fact that you're actually able the fact that we've seen photographs of our dean and their bus that's now getting you know sounding beep beep beat, reversed back into the garage <laughs> and somebody's going around with a four-inch wire brush just out to paint new cup winners on it that shows you the importance of that trophy and 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 you know joking aside that trophy was as important to rangers as it would have been to Aberdeen because what? Aberdeen are in the same position of not, not having won anything for uh, a considerable time so therefore the two of them were in the same boat so it is an important um, an, an important trophy because it establishes Rangers again as winners, and there's a—I'm not saying a, a generation, but there's a whole bunch of Ranger fans who have seen everything that's happened in the last decade, and they saw this—the this, Scottish Cup win over Hearts, and then there was another hiatus, another void until this trophies come along, whereas. Their dads and their grandfathers might have been seeing Rangers winning a trophy every single season, maybe even two at times, maybe even three at times. So it's important to get Rangers back in the, that was a winning mentality because it'd been very, very easy for Rangers to lose that game today and then be questioned about not having the bottle and not having the stomach and not having the guts for the big occasion. Find you might win a, a game against Betis and a one-off tie and it's in Europe with the safety net underneath you. If you don't get into the, the Europa League, you'll fold it into the conference. There was no safety net. Rangers were on a high wire today and were you know and and performed really, really well when the chips were down. And I think for that reason, Rangers are back in the winners enclosure.
0: What what's your favorite League Cup memory with with involving Rangers? if you had to look uh,
1: back, what's your favorite one? Um probably probably two. Well actually three. What one would be the, the the first one would be um probably eighty-four when McCoy scored the hat trick. When again the, the whole job Wallace psychology. <clears throat> Jock Wallace wanted to McCoy to play a slightly withdrawn role in that game. Because of various reasons, again, injuries and the likes. But wasn't he getting the wasn't he getting the the response from McCoy and said that he'd had a phone call from Cardiff who wanted to take him on loan? Right? <laughs> Nothing could have been further from the truth. And McCoy's <laughs> McCoy's basically got a rocket up his arse and we going to a hat trick. The 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 game that Rangers won the three three game and then they won in penalties against Aberdeen was a, a, an absolute classic. Yeah. You know for the for the for the goal two things: David Cooper's free kick and also the equaliser that Rangers got when it was they were three two down when Graham Roberts basically smashed Willie Miller. And uh, I for an aerial challenge to make sure he get the ball and knocked it down for Rangers equaliser. And the last one would have to be Gascoigne and McCoys falling out at half time against <laughs> the 4 2 game. Yeah, 4 3, uh, three, three, three wasn't it? Three, again, yeah, and, and coming back out uh, and, you know, had knocked a few lumps at each other and then come back out and knocked the stuffing out of hearts. I think that would be my sort of three, three memories of the League Cup. The 3 2 game you talk about there with, with
0: um, McCoy scoring the hat that was my first ever Ranger Celtic game. Uh, it was the first time I ever, ever went to Ranger Celtic, I'd be what, 13 14. Um, and and uh, Rangers were not favourites for that. No. You know, no. Rangers were, in and we were not favourites for it. And um, we were 2 1 up, going into injury time. And Brian McClure equalised. Mm-hmm. And I was deaf was <laughs> literally tears running down my uh, my cheeks. It was the most devastating thing. And um, anyway, it had a happy ending. We we won it an extra time. Uh, I think my coach has got two penalties that day, and I think one of them was saved. And he stuck in the rebound from there He memory. stuck in the
1: rebound. And yep. if you remember as well from that game, I think um, I think Roy Aitken was in line for being the Rangers man of the match. <laughs> he gave away he gave away he gave away a penalty, and he shoved. I think it was Stanley Clark. He shoved into the ball to get a knockdown from McCoy to run on and score the uh, I right. need to look back, I, I don't know why that, but uh, have, have, have a look Roy Aitken running like that with Sandy Clark's you know, shirt um, holding on to it and basically shoved him into the ball and he got a knockdown, anyway yeah. there was, it was, a
0: few, it was a few more in the 80s when we played, with the one against Celtic um, when Ian Durant just was, was at his absolute peak um, and it was a game where I just I was mesmerised watching, I used to love watching Ian Durant play football. Um, My first score in that game as well. Yeah, that's right, that's right. And they were proper ding-dongs, those League Cup games. And it used to be a bit earlier in the season as well. it used to be right. kind of November time, the end of October, beginning of November time, and, and um, a wee bit earlier in the season. But you know, um, I'm going to rephrase the question a little bit for yourself, Grant. It's a similar kind of question though. Um, that yeah. game that, that Stuart and I just talked about, the League Cup final in 1984, it actually proved to be a false dawn. It, it, we didn't. It wasn't like the 1971. Um, it, it didn't take Rangers law, and we won the league cup again the, the next season. But um, ultimately, that that um, that managerial reign for Joe Wallace didn't work out. Um, three seasons later, soon won it, and it was his first trophy, and it, it did prove to be a springboard into one of, frankly, the most successful periods in, in the club's history. We'll all enjoy tonight. We'll enjoy tomorrow. Um, we'll probably still be smiling on on, on Tuesday. Um, but it's important we don't get carried away here. Um, what what does this result mean for the club? If you, if I'm, I'm putting you on the spot, you have to kind of project yourself forward twelve months or so. What, what how just how important do you think this result is for Rangers?
2: Yeah, I think you covered a bit of it there. It's absolutely massive for us, um, John. Uh, I was I was born in the late eighties. Brought the 90s, winning everything, absolutely everything, winning trebles, doubles. I wish um, I had a hard milk round. <laughs> <laughs> paper <laughs> round the guns I stripped me <laughs> Um But as, as Stuart said, I mean, they've not won anything in the last what, 10, 11 years, hardly in, So it's massive for us. And do you know what? It's not just massive to win something today date for that. Three months ago, we were down and out. Everything, the season had gone, supposedly. We looked out at Europe. We were losing to Arisol, eh, Aris Limassol. Look at us now, we're we're flying, we're in the last 16, we've won a cup, the, the dimensions changed, the dynamic has changed. We're now going to be, if the win our two games in hand, top of the league, we're going to Celtic Park, we win that, you're top of the league. It's it's a massive, massive thing. If we lost today, I wouldn't be as confident going forward, going to Celtic Park, going to these games. It's massive. Um, for these players like Tavernier and Goulson, have been here for years, to win that gives confidence. They've, they've been battered, let's be honest, they've been battered. Um, their comms has been battered for years because we've not won trophies that we should be winning so for me it's massive Um obviously I was spoiled when I was younger so the feeling today was incredible to have that feeling back to win the first trophy of the season was incredible mate and long may it continue I mean I've missed
0: it yeah yeah no absolutely we've all missed it um, Stuart I'm going to quick you back in time to Thursday night um, now the guys have done a very good job of um, looking back at the game on Friday night's pod, and also um, Alec did his um, post-match one as well, which I would I would recommend if you get a chance. If you haven't listened to it, I recommend have a have a, have a listen to it. There's some great stuff in that. Um, but I, I just want to spend a couple of minutes on it, um, as I think it was um, Grant mentioned earlier. It it's only our, our second ever victory in Spain, um, and our first ever over over Spanish opposition. So that, I mean, that's quite a feat, you know, in, in the 50 years or so of international um, club football runes have been involved in to, to have our first ever victory over a Spanish team. And there's a great trivia question, which I should have placed at the start of, the, the start of this, of, of that's a part of the 10th Spanish team we've played, who are the other nine? but Probably a wee bit. Well, if we've got time at the very end, we'll play it. Many um, of you can think about that. Um, so, you know, we've got a couple of months off now before we've got any more... Um, European football in the last round, the last sixteen. Um, uh, that result against Betis, that performance against Betis, particularly when you consider the injuries we had. We instead of you know, I I, you know I, I I texted my cousin before the match and I said, you know what, is the, what this is Rangers playing with you know Dessels up front for into this game I and mean, we You know,
1: but who knew, who knew Dessers knew could do a good impersonation of Archie Gamble? I know. Well, he nearly did it again today. Yeah. You know, he, he fluffed his line just at the
0: last moment, but he just stuck to set up. half out. Then you get the, you were having to pay to get back in again. But the point I was going to make was this, 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 that better result, you know, arguably better than any of our results in the Europa League over the last few years. You know, I know we've had, I mean, we've had some great results in the Europa League, um, some great performances, you know, particularly the German opposition. Um, so, you know, joking aside, you know, where do you think that result sits now? In, in the history of Rangers in Europe because it's the first time we have ever won better teams than this Rangers team have lost badly to Spanish teams
1: yeah. um, away from home. Well, where does that result sit now for you? I, and, lo- and lost badly to much, much lesser teams. Mm-hmm. If you remember Rangers against um, Alvarez you know, all those, all those many years ago and, you know, I, I, there is there is no Equation that you can put up on a blackboard like Albert Einstein would do and show you how, you know, all the different parts of the, the, the kind of sums that go into, into making a result. You could say, yeah, Rangers have been up against better opposition and haven't managed it, but Betts are a good team. Fantastic home record up until Thursday night as well. Yeah. Um, and you would also say then that Rangers had, uh, as I mentioned, the safety net. If they didn't win that game, they could go into the the conference. They were, but they they didn't have as many players as they should have had. So once you put all of these things into some sort of you know sort of, sort of formula, that comes out as being a very very good good victory. And, and I would agree with you. It's as good as any of the wins that Rangers have had in terms of other you know European group group ties and the likes and, Historically, it will be it's a it's a big result. Okay, it won't be like uh, beating you know it won't be like beating Leeds United or PSV Eindhoven or uh, you know umpteen other kind no. of results. But it's when you see the the detail of where Rangers were and Grant used the you know the the, the phrase earlier down to the boards, you know. That that was a big big result and a, an outstanding an outstanding performance, and I, I I go back to the the players that played in that game, the guy who scored the winning goal. You know, yeah. I you wonder where that guy's career might have been if it hadn't been for as, having as many injuries. And I, even at, even at Rangers, I mean, his goals per game ratio is pretty damn good, but his games played. Per calendar year, is <laughs> <it, laughs> it, it, pretty atrocious. Yeah, but I think I think you saw with the goal he the other night there. That's that's the kind of stage or level this guy could play on week in week out. Yeah, no, it, it's roof
0: is you know i fit roof is the best striker at the club and arguably the best striker in the league. Um, and this is a thing we've spoken about in the in podcast before. If if roof could stay fit he wouldn't be at Rangers no he if he no. don't mind me saying that he's, he's too good um to be playing in Scottish football um and, and it's only simply because of, of his injury problems that um that he is at our club just now and, and it's tough because when you it wasn't just his goal for me you know when he came on for that last half hour his hold up play his, his understanding of where his teammates were his ability to, to 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 hold the ball up to lay it off to win a free kick. You know, he has a great, great skill of getting himself in, getting himself fouled, which is probably why he keeps getting all these injuries. But, <laughs> but he has a great skill in getting himself fouled at a time when, you know, you need to slow the game down, you need to have possession, you need to move your way up that pitch. Dessels can't do it. Dessels, yeah. for a big, strong man, I'm amazed how many times at half he's just able to get the ball from him when the ball just seems to bounce
1: off him in any kind of direction. Um, that doesn't happen with Roof, but... You know. but roof's, roof's like, roof, roof is a... Like- A good possession player and he he, is also one of these players he must frustrate the hell out of the rangers midfield or rangers defense when suddenly your striker is dribbling back towards you (laughs) do you know what i mean but he's 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 holding on to possession of the ball to get turned and lay the ball off to somebody else and he has that he has that level of confidence you know um and and that's what makes him a, a He's a bit of an enigma, you have to say. But he's he's a fantastic asset to have uh, in, under those circumstances. Yeah, yeah he's, he's,
2: he's, got, he's got absolutely everything. I've seen this to my mates before. He came on, he was holding the ball up. The only thing he doesn't have is pace, but he's a poacher. He brings people into play. And I said to him, let's wrap him up to Celtic Park. Honestly, just wrap him up and him all well to Celtic Park. We need him. Because today, Desserts was not doing it again. The ball came in time and time again, and he didn't hold it in. Um, can't always try to play off, and it did not happen. So we need we need Riff to be fit for Celtic Park badly, yeah. badly. Yeah,
0: yeah, and, and um well, fingers crossed, fingers crossed. But <laughs> it was great to see him there. It was great to see him score. It was a fantastic night. Um, and just just on that, just so the the the, the 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 other teams are Seville, Real Madrid, Real Zaragoza, which was the one that I didn't get, Athletic Bilbao, Osasuna,
1: Osasuna. Sorry, that's uh, uh, who so It was obviously I said that Alves. It was yeah. also right. uh, sooner. No, uh, Barcelona and Villarreal. Um,
0: that, that's <coughs> we've, we've drawn. We drew with, with uh, Villarreal. We drew with Valencia. We lost mm. everyone else um, over there. So um, anyway, losing. I, who does
1: that these days? I was Not there. I was I was there when they lost badly to Valencia <laughs> when Gates came gave he uh, 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 I, I just gave a master class on how to play you know a sort of right-sided midfield unbelievable the guy yeah he was he was he was a bit specialized he's one of the one of the best players I've seen in life.
0: Um you know in a game you just thought wow this guy's on another level um, but anyway uh, anyway listen talking of games on another level we're back to reality on Wednesday <laughs> right? um, <Vincent>
1: Tatties.
0: <laughs> when they always entertaining St Johnston come to town um, uh, now after a horrific start to the season St Johnston have had a little bit of form since uh, appointing Craig Levine um, you know Wednesday has banana skin written on it you know is potential and um, the players i'm assuming are going to enjoy themselves tonight the photographs or the videos i saw of clement outside edmondston house with the trophy which is was quite enjoyable Um do so the guys are having some look, I, I, you know i i do expect that there will be professional and but they'll have some they'll let their hair down a bit um undoubtedly but they'll, they'll be back at it tomorrow um and um you know to get themselves ready for wednesday night but but ultimately you have two big games in a row. there will be an element of after the after the lord mayor's show about it how do rangers approach this how did they keep you know how do you get players up for a game like that after you've had a, a monumental victory in, in in europe um followed by the winning of a cup final how do you get the players up for St. johnson at home and you know levine will come with 15 men behind the ball um he's coming for a draw you know, and, and he has no interest in doing anything else. Um, it's maybe not going to be the best advertisement for Scottish football. How How, does, what, how do you do this? What does Clermont say to them?
2: Yeah, I alluded to earlier on. That's why today was massive. It's to keep momentum going. We need to keep momentum going. This is a, a it's a game in hand, is not it? So, this is a chance to yeah. to, to put, put pressure on Celtic, bring the, the points gap down. We're at home, thankfully. Um, yeah, I just I th- more of more of the same, John. More of the same. Um, I know the same guys have been going to the well time and time again, um, but we'll, we'll have a few back as well, maybe a couple of other guys, maybe Ryan Jack, to, to join the squad. But same same again, they just need, they need to keep churning out results, simple as that. They just need, need to keep going until we get to the winter break and then get some players back hopefully and then get the January transfer window on as well. But more of the same, just just keep doing what you're doing. Um, yeah, St Johnson have been a lot better under Craig been a lot more solid. And you know, they will come and they'll just sit 10 men behind the ball as usual. And it's up to us to break them down. Simple as that. They don't have to come out and get a win. We need to go for the win, and that's it. It's simple as that. But the confidence must be sky high, you know, John. It must be sky high. Um, and I've, I've got every faith in the players to go and put on a show again on Wednesday and keep going.
0: Yeah, guys like Seema, McCausland, Wright. Um, now that he's back fit again, Matondo. Now that he's back fit again, um, they'll be really important because we need width. You need width against teams like this. You need to stretch their defence. You need to stretch them, um, and find the gaps. Um, Cantwell again. It's a big game for him. Um, it's the kind of game where you know you're looking for him to you know, pick up free kicks in the edge of the box and it because it, it's going to take something special to just just get that first goal. Um, so, um I I will just have to see how how that goes. Um, I am looking forward to it, um, and surely. The results elsewhere at the weekend um, will have given the players a lift. You know they must now look at this and realise for the first time in a long time it's in our own hands. Yeah, you know, as I said, if we win up two games in hand, we go top of the league. Simple That's as that. It. That's um, it. And, and, uh, and the, these things are always easier said than done. And um, you know I don't know what. I mean, the pitch today uh, it held up pretty well, but it must have been heavy. There'll be there'll be heavy legs tomorrow. Um, but let's wait and see. Let's wait and see. Uh, we'll approach it with a smile. I suspect Ibrox will be will be jumping uh, on Wednesday night, and, and quite likely so. Um, it's been a while. We've we've waited for this, and I'm delighted it's here, gentlemen. Um, that's us. We're, we're at the the ten thirty. So um, you know, bang on. Um, appreciate you both giving up your time tonight. I'm sure. You promised um,
1: four hours.
0: I did. I did. But <laughs> Frankie sent me a number of messages in between times telling me that oh, that's not going to happen. No, no. I don't think I could, um, in, uh, in all good consciousness, uh, subject anybody to four hours of me. Um, uh, that would be, that would be unfair uh, at this time of year in, in particular. Um, so listen, I do, but I do appreciate you guys giving up your, your time tonight. Um, I'm sure you would both rather be, um on your um 15th round in the roseville um i'm belting out the tunes just now but as it is he's got to sit and talk nonsense with me for an hour um, on my, on my
1: second bottle on my second bottle of Basique. <laughs> one for the younger listeners <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes it was called that because you you bazik after it
1: yeah <laughs> <That's correct>. <laughs> <Very> <laughs> <busy>. <laughs>
0: Um, so listen if you've watched this live um, that's great if you uh, are looking to catch up with any of our podcasts that have gone before they are all available um, and you can watch them and download them on Acast, iTunes, YouTube CastBox, Stitcher and Spotify Uh, as I said at the start of the show this is our last Sunday night show of the year next Sunday is Christmas Eve and um, none of us can be bothered doing a show on Christmas Eve, so <laughs> there's not going to be one. Um, and um, the, some of the guys are taking some time off over Christmas, well-earned time off of, over Christmas. Um, so there's not going to be a, another Sunday night show for a couple of weeks at least. Um, so it will be uh, 2024 um, before the will be Sunday night show. Um, there will probably be some reaction pods over the next couple of weeks. Um, and they're always good. Um, they give a different... Uh, Slightly different format, but they're always entertaining um and uh, particularly if we we keep winning. So I'd uh, just like to thank Stuart and Grant for giving up their time tonight. Uh, thank you for listening. Um, I hope you enjoy the rest of the evening and um tomorrow and Tuesday. And um of course, have a great Christmas when it comes. Thanks very much.